guys welcome back to not your average bs where we talk about what everybody else is thinking i'm brendy and i'm shannon what's up you all happy monday hope that you had a good safe happy healthy weekend we wanted to kick off today's episode by highlighting our instagram and our facebook page we are all over social media all the time, pretty much. Um, so go connect with us over there on Instagram. It's just at Not Your Average BS. And then on Facebook, we have a private group as well as we're currently working on building out a page that you can like. We're not exactly sure what that's going to look like. But for now, the group is really just a place where we drop kind of more of behind the scenes things as well as try to create conversation in order to build community as they call it. Um, but the point of that is really to just grow relationships with you all so that we can learn more about like what you want on the podcast, what you want on the Instagram, and then what you want in the future in terms of us. So definitely go like, join, follow. We would greatly appreciate that. And then also another thing that we would really greatly appreciate is that if you all took the time, I know that you cannot subscribe. Can you subscribe on Apple or on Spotify? I'm pretty sure you can. You can subscribe, but you can't leave reviews. Oh, okay, okay. That was it. So we would really, really appreciate that wherever you listen, if you're able to, if you would please subscribe. And then if you are on Apple Podcast or another hosting site that allows reviews, which we know that Spotify does not, which is obviously completely fine. If you would leave a review, it helps us so much in terms of like charts and analytics and getting boosted to the top of people's feeds um, for their recommended podcast to listen to. So it literally takes like, you know, less than five minutes, just hit the subscribe button and then leave us hopefully a good review if you're, you know, you're feeling it, if you're on the, the vibe that we are on. So two things to kind of go take out of this episode is to follow us on social media and please subscribe and leave us a review. Yes. So after um, Shannon and I were kind of talking about this week's episode, we wanted to also update on school. It's crazy that it's already July. And honestly, I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, Shannon, but I feel like summer has been long but short at the same time. Like I feel like the days are kind of long, but then like the weeks go by fast, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, and it's it's crazy. It's already July. Like people are are you know starting to prepare to go back to school. Whatever school's gonna look like. People at the like elementary, middle, and high school levels are trying to figure out what school's gonna look like. But for us at UNC Charlotte, we're not going back until September seventh, which is interesting because like that's definitely not normal for us. Um, a lot of northern schools typically do go back right after Labor Day, so that's it's just a little different for us. But I'm a little nervous how this is going to exactly go. The majority of the other um, schools in the NC State public school system are going back August 10th and then finishing at Thanksgiving. And they pushed us back because of the peak in Charlotte being in July. And also we were supposed to host the RNC in August. That's not happening anymore, though. <laughs> They're going to Florida. Have fun with that at the COVID epicenter right now. So that will be really cute really fun and fresh. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, school's just going to look pretty different this year. Like, 
I am excited for school. I'm excited to be back in Charlotte, but at the same time, like pretty much everything I have is online. Like I'm not really going to be on campus that much, but I'm going to try to go a couple times. I don't know. How, how are you feeling about this whole thing? So to break it down for you all, essentially, whenever we say that UNC Charlotte is starting September 7th, yes, we are starting September 7th as well. However, at the graduate level, it's already been determined that the one main class that Brendy and I are taking is going to be online. And then the other three credit hours that we have to take, Brendy and I decided to do an independent study, or rather I decided to do an independent study and Brendy is using her thesis hours to work towards her capstone project. So we're pretty much all online. How I'm feeling about it, um, I'm a little just like uneasy almost because I'm like, I'm paying to be in person and I'm going to be receiving the instruction online, which the professor that we're taking the online class with, I actually took in the summer like years back in undergrad and the way that she structures her class online is something that I feel very confident that I will succeed in because I I just feel like she's a lot more intentional than other professors that I've had in the past. So good sis, Chris, as always, we talk about her on this podcast. So I am not nervous at all in terms of taking online classes, especially with her, because I've kind of been through it once before. I'm I guess my concern is really more so directed at undergraduate students. And I don't know if that's because I'm a fresh graduate, so I'm still like part of my brain still does function at that. You know, obviously, I'm still a student. We're still students at that undergraduate level. My sister is about to be a senior at Coastal Carolina. So I guess for me, I'm just like, I feel like this is going to be a tornado, essentially, for undergraduate students because there's no breaks at all. Essentially, there's going to be no breaks for students. We are in an election year, which is going to have a really big impact impact on students' mental health. Then we throw in potentially a second wave. Well, not potentially. There is going to be a second wave. We're just wave. waiting on it to happen at this Literally. point. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm more so just nervous for undergraduate students. Um, and I just want to make sure that everybody that goes to UNC Charlotte has the experience that I did. That's like the orientation counselor speaking in me. So I'm just really nervous because I feel like this is going to impact a lot of people's viewpoints on UNC Charlotte. And I don't want that to happen at all. And then also, I don't know. I mean, I just don't like online school in general. That's why I chose to do an in-person graduate program. But at the end of the day, like it's not up to me and they don't, they could really give a shit less about my opinion and what, what I think should happen. I mean, they should care more about our opinions, obviously. Like, do they know who we are? Um, but <laughs> like you were saying about undergrads, my youngest brother – not youngest, second to youngest, Braden. He's going to be a freshman at Charlotte in the fall as well. And I was – I, like, had him show me his schedule earlier. So he's in five classes, two of which are completely online. And then the others – it doesn't say on there, but I'm, like, I'm guessing it's a hybrid. I don't know if it's like completely face-to-face or what. I know they're trying to make it so like most of the freshmen are having like the face-to-face and hybrid things. But like he's doing an engineering program and I can't Mm. imagine like trying to do – well, I know his his engineering class itself is in person. But like just being in that major and being a freshman and taking 18 credits while half of them or like part of them are online is just extremely stressful. So I hope – I truly hope that professors are – willing to work with students um, on this, like no shade to professors whatsoever. But I mean, some of these professors are older. They're not as, you know, technology savvy. Like they may have problems moving online if we have to basically leave campus in the middle of the semester. And 
as much as it was, you know, like frustrating and annoying for Shannon and I when we had that happen in March, like we're still at a higher level, like our, and we just have a different relationship at the graduate level versus the undergraduate level. Like we can kind of advocate for ourselves a little bit more. So I'm just really hoping that they're going to be accommodating at the undergraduate level and really, you know, just realize the kind of situation that we're in, especially once when we have that second wave hit. And two, I'm hoping that since everything was basically just thrown, quote unquote, online back in March and we're not going back to school until September, that professors who may have struggled back then to transition to online have now had the time and the ability to reach out to, you know, other faculty and staff who could help them with that progress. So hopefully they've been using this time to ensure that, you know, come September 7th, whenever classes do start that, of course, naturally, there are going to be hiccups along the way, but that they've been able to iron out at least the major kinks in a lot of the issues that we were having back in, you know, March, and April and all that. So we will keep you all updated in terms of if anything changes with our schedule, or if we are never going back in person, or if we are able to meet on campus at least a couple of times a week. So we just wanted to give you all the rundown in terms of what was happening with our school situation, since obviously that's kind of creeping up on us. So moving into our trending topic for today, we have two things to cover. Brandy Luhu, do you want to Talk about the first one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that Shannon's having me talk about this first one because if you've listened to any episode before, you know that I love a good conspiracy theory. If you're wondering, my favorite one is Mattress Firm is a cover for money laundering, but that's another episode. Yes. That is another episode. Um, but basically, so Naya um, Rivera, is that how you say her name? Okay, cool. She was she's pretty well known for her role on Glee, but she's also been acting for a while. Um, and so her and her four-year-old son were basically like left on a boat. Like her son was found, like he was the one left on the boat, but like she's essentially missing. I can't remember her age. I want to say she's like mid-30s-ish, but she's not like very old. Um, but this whole thing, just trying to understand and look at this case is very strange. And you know, we're still trying to be sensitive and mindful that, you know, her family probably doesn't want to hear like, oh, this is a conspiracy, like blah, 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 blah. But like, just kind of taking like a step back and looking at this case holistically, um, it really doesn't add up. And as someone who loves crime junkie, criminal mind, true crime, says literally anything to do with like true crime and like cases, none of this makes sense. And it's extremely frustrating. And one thing that's kind of strange is if you guys look at the video, and I actually saw this on TikTok, but if you guys look at the video, the way that she parked her car, first of all, was weird. There, were, there was only one other car in the parking lot and she parked super far from the dock. And I mean, the fact that they went like out on this boat, like just by themselves is kind of weird anyway. Um, so she parked weird. She parked kind of far from where they were. And then you can see them walk towards the dock to go down. But the strange thing is, 
the person that they claim is Naya and her son. In the video, you can see her walking from the parking lot to the dock. And she's wearing white shorts and like a black top. And as she gets like further down the dock where she's out of view, it then switches. So then she's wearing a white top and black pants. Like it looks like pants or like crop leggings or something. And I'm like, how, like, if she's literally walking, like how how would she have the time to like just change her outfit in the middle of this? Like something is really strange going on here. And also if you pay attention in the video, just the way that she's walking, it's like she's walking by herself, like with a purpose. It's almost as if she forgot that her four-year-old son was walking behind her. Because if, I mean, I'm not a parent, but like if you're walking with a kid, like you're not going to leave them like two feet behind you and just walk fast. Like you're going to hold their hand. Like you're going to carry them. They're going to walk at the same pace as you, or you're going to slow down to walk with them. So the whole thing is just really strange and kind of unsettling. And it's, I mean, it's still pretty early in the case. I mean, by the time you guys listen to this, there might be even more updates, which in that case, we'll update the show notes and um, our social media if anything does come out. But it's just really strange and really unsettling how this happens. Um, They're trying to look for her body and recover her right now. Her son is perfectly fine. He was found on the boat with his life jacket on. But Shannon, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this case? I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory too. However, like Brendy kind of like mentioned earlier, I feel like whenever celebrities or, you know, high profile people who are in the public eye go like missing or, you know, end up passing away for one reason or another, everybody likes to come up with a conspiracy theory. And I, and and like you said, you touched on it earlier But I just want to kind of drive home the point that like just because she's a celebrity doesn't mean that her family and her loved ones aren't entitled to privacy with whatever they're trying to process right now, whether that be, you know, obviously you hope that they find her, the likelihood, find her alive, find her at all to begin with, but hopefully find her alive. Is that going to be the case after, you know, all of these days have passed? Who knows? I mean, we're, we're not, I mean we're realists on this podcast. So the odds are that if they haven't found her yet, that the likelihood of them finding her alive is probably slim to none, but there's still that slim chance, but it's really easy for people to jump to conclusions. And like, like you were almost saying with the video, it's like, I don't know, like people are just, everyone's emotions are super heightened right now because of 700 million different things going on in the world. So like, who's to say the video wasn't doctored with? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, is that likely? No, but I guess for me, I'm just kind of like, obviously the world is not gonna stop talking about it because that's what's most prevalent in the news right now. But I do think that people need to be mindful and respectful and not go straight to TikTok. Like that's all I've seen on my TikTok feed recently is people throwing out all of these conspiracy theories. And I'm just like, whoa, like imagine if that was somebody that you knew, like would you want somebody going on and being like, this is what exactly what happened or this is what I think would happen. Um, And also too, like, her son was on the boat, like a four-year-old probably just likely lost their mom in one of the most traumatic ways that you probably can. But another point to add is that I want to last sometime last year, a girl who went to a high school in the County that I did. And she, we also played softball, um, like growing up together. We weren't all that close. So I'm not trying to be like, Oh, and like, you know, we were best friends or anything by that means. But she actually passed away from a boating accident that was almost not necessarily similar to this, but she jumped off of the boat and then never came up. 
And it was just a very bizarre story. And it was almost the same thing. It was like people couldn't give other people time and her family time to process and to grieve before they took to Facebook to get in the comments and be like, how does this happen? Like, was she drinking? Like all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, yo, like take a step back and realize, you know, and I'm not exactly sure, you know, the end all be all of what ended up happening. But like one thing was that possibly she hit her head, was knocked unconscious. And then all of a sudden water like filled her like lungs. So that might be the case with Naya is that maybe she hit her head on something and, you know, she, you know, sunk to the very bottom and then the riptides carried her off or something along those lines. I'm not an expert. I'm like, I'm not in forensics. I'm not a police officer. I'm not on this rescue mission for Naya Rivera, but I just wanted to say that out of all of the millions of different conspiracies, the one that we should be focusing most on is that number one, somehow her son who was on the boat is able to find closure. And then number two, like allowing, you know, her loved ones to process and grieve in private without everybody being like, oh, this is the government or this is her ex-husband or like something along those lines. (laughs) No, definitely. That's so funny that you said that. I mean, even when like Kobe Bryant passed away, there were people that were trying to make that a conspiracy, which I didn't really understand that one. Um, That one just seemed a little far-fetched to me, Mm -hmm. but just the way that this case, I definitely want her family to have privacy and like still respect that, but just looking at it from a, I don't even know, like a forensics and like just logical standpoint, like nothing in this case makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I hope that they're able to kind of get to the bottom of it. And like her son is able to have closure and get over this as well. Cause I mean, four years old, like that's really young, but still old enough to kind of remember like what I'm going through. Well, moving on, Brendy also mentioned something that we wanted to talk about, which is probably one of our most favorite apps, but we wanted to touch on TikTok possibly being banned. So Brendy, you were an actually an avid TikTok like video maker. Um, yes, so I, I am an emerging Charlie D'Amelio. I'm coming for her brand. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we feel about the potential that TikTok is going to be banned within the United States? As always, I have several thoughts. Um, <laughs> so first, I, it's kind of frustrating because, and I'm kind of going off my notes here, but like just being candid, like it's kind of frustrating because this is an app where there's a lot of creators on here. There's a lot of um, black and indigenous people of color creators on here that are able to build content, build a following, um, monetize their stuff like outside of TikTok. And I feel like just the ease of this app, like anyone can basically like be successful on this app. Like it's just a matter of like being funny or like having something interesting to show. Um, And I feel like on a lot of other apps, it's harder for BIPOC to kind of get that platform and to obtain a following like that. So I do think it's a little disheartening to kind of see that that can be taken away from them. And on another, on another side, like I, I know some people like are saying, oh, like TikTok is a threat to national security. Like they're taking our information, blah, 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 blah. Like almost all of the apps that we use like on a daily basis have some form of our information, like Snapchat, Facebook, like they have some form of the data that we disclose to this app. And like, I do get it to some extent. Like if you are, you know, like working in the White House, if you're working for a congressman, I don't think that you should have TikTok downloaded on your government paid for phone. I just think that's 
a little irresponsible, like and reckless anyway. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure they made that like a couple months ago, like where they're not allowed to have it anymore. I know like TSA agents aren't allowed to have it on theirs either, which you like have it on your personal phone. Don't have it on like your employer sponsored phone. Um, but it's just frustrating too, because Trump right now, he's like, oh, this is, you know, this is such a threat to national security, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, I think he's just mad because one, well, one, he's racist. If you didn't know that, you're learning it now. Um, one, he's racist. He always has a problem with China. And this is a Chinese Chinese owned app and company. So I think he doesn't like that. Like, it, it, like anytime there's something from China, he's like, oh my gosh, like, freaking out about it like how can we shut this down like the same thing with the virus remember that my my mom loves whenever i do like the reenactment of him like whenever he was talking at that press conference and somebody was like why do you keep calling it the chinese virus and he was like it's from china (laughs) and he just like kept he just like kept saying it over and over again like china so obviously this man has issues with china Genuinely. And I think he's also mad because the fact that Gen Z and millennials are literally able to use this app for political satire to conspire against him. We have Kellyanne Conway's daughter on this app talking about how she disagrees with Trump and her parents and their policies. We have so many other people that are, you know, able to like the whole thing that happened with his Tulsa rally where a bunch of people pretty much our age where reserving tickets for it and then not showing up. And then, you know, they're doing it again with this other upcoming rally, like, Oh, make sure they now, I think they now limited it to two tickets per person and you have to confirm it 48 hours before the rally. So they're like, Oh, make sure you like, don't forget to confirm it. And just like always making fun of him and stuff like that. So I think that's more so why he's mad because people our age are using it as a really great way to connect and make fun of him and make an embarrassment of him. And obviously he doesn't like, that because his ego is extremely inflated. So do I think it'll actually get banned at some point? I truly hope not. Um, I, I almost feel like if it did, there would be like a similar app that tried to come out like this because I mean, if you think back to Vine, like TikTok's essentially like a longer Vine, I would say. And then like TikTok before it was TikTok was Musical.ly, which People were able to build followings on that, but honestly, Musical.ly was kind of dumb to me. Like, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. A few other countries have banned TikTok. Do I think the United States will? I don't really know. I don't, I don't, it's kind of, I don't really see that happening, but who knows? I think from my point of view and to echo Brendy is that this just feels like the ultimate level of censorship. And, you know, we live in this quote unquote free country um so why are we going to censor people from getting online and you know freedom of speech freedom of expression and whatnot and i think that this app has provided a great outlet to so many people to really step outside of their comfort zone above all things and really try to you know because i feel like there's such a pressure on and i'm gonna talk about instagram specifically but it's this aesthetically pleasing fee that everybody feels like they have to perform to and they feel like they need to get the perfect picture and they need to have the perfect caption and with tiktok it's like people post their draft videos of them dancing where they like mess up and hit themselves in the face and um and then you have different artists connecting whether that be like singing dancing drawing all of that kind of stuff and then obviously i love it the most for the you know comedy aspect and then also a new thing that's been showing up on my like for you page is so much like travel content 
um, of people traveling all throughout the United States and then all throughout the world and kind of giving you hidden pockets to travel to whenever you're in these areas. So I think that TikTok is so much more than an app that's used for, you know, a minute long, funny, comedic section. It's really a place where people are truly able to connect without judgment. And that's not to say that people, you know, don't hate on other people in the comment section and whatnot. But I think above all else, yes, there are like mega like TikTok famous stars, but I don't think it's at that level where Instagram is. Like, I feel like people who only have literally no followers actually to be like just transparent. I feel like people who have no following still feel like they're able to post stuff without the fear of being like, how is this going to perform? Like, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then obviously there's the monetization of it. So that would really suck for people who are making money off of it um, to take that away because, you know, this is, we're, we're living in the age where you literally get paid for posting about, you know, your day, a dance, you know, something, whatever it has you, you're getting paid to, just be yourself. And I think that that's really cool. And to take that away would just really suck. Um, and then obviously you're losing that side of like influencer marketing as well, which we've hit before on this podcast. So, I mean, I obviously don't post videos of myself dancing or singing or anything, but Maybe I definitely, <laughs> no, nobody wants to see that. Trust me. Um, but it would just suck to take it away because I honestly feel like if anything, I've just been able to learn a lot more about different facets of things that I'm interested in beyond just surface level content. So I don't know. I mean, obviously nobody wants TikTok banned. If it's a threat to national security, that's up for, you know, debate. Obviously we don't want China spying on us, but at the same time, I was reading this article before where it was like, we, anybody who has a smartphone, you're already being spied on every time. I mean, I've literally been thinking about getting a new mattress for a month now, probably every, I type it into Google or whatever, every single ad that's on my Facebook, my Instagram, and my TikTok now is literally nectar, purple mattress, Casper. So people who are like, they're listening, they've always been listening. They've been listening since the inception of smartphones. So to think that they're not is just a little, you know, trite. So I would say that if you're worried about people listening, then go ahead and go get a razor, some sort of flip phone and revert back to that. Because if you have a smartphone, odds are that whatever you're inputting, all of that data is being analyzed and then sold to big big companies to target you to buy their stuff or to just watch trending things in general. Also, Nectar, Casper, any mattress company, if you do want to sponsor us, as she said, she's on the market for a new mattress. I'd also love a new mattress. So if you're interested, you know, just let us know. Yes, ma'am, because my back hurts. Okay. <laughs> my back hurts. I need a new mattress, please. <laughs> So getting into today's episode, we just wanted to talk a little bit about what we've been doing to get through quarantine, um, a quarantine routine, if you will. Um, if you've listened before, um, I think you'll probably find it a little funny that the way that Shannon and I do our day-to-day -day is very different. Um, she is very much a type A person. I'm very much not. Um, <laughs> but she also is like working to in person. So I think that might have like a little bit to do with it as well. So we just kind of wanted to let you guys know what we're doing in like a day in our life and kind of how we break up the day um, during this pandemic. Yes. So getting into it, like Brandy said, I am definitely more of a structured person. I'm a type three on the Enneagram. So I feel my best whenever I 
am in a routine and I have like a little checklist, all of that kind of stuff. So to run you through our days, this is for a day that I'm actually not at my job at the farmer's market sprouts. Um, because at that job, I actually have to be there between four and 5am. So whenever I get off, I am definitely like a dead person to the world, essentially. Like I try to still work out and whatnot, but we wanted to bring you through a day where, um, cause I get a couple to a few days off a week. So to kick off the day, I typically wake up between like 7.30 and 8. And that's more so just because that's my body clock. I know that I should probably sleep in since I do have to wake up earlier on other days, but I've been waking up early for so long now that like me sleeping in really isn't a thing anymore, to be honest, unless I like knock myself out with a couple of melatonin the night before. But then the next day I feel like what is it? Hungover. That's how I feel. I feel groggy and hungover if I take melatonin. So I try to wake up between 7.30 and 8. Immediately before I do anything, I go like chug like a big Yeti of like ice cold water just so that I can make sure that I'm starting my day off on the right foot. As you all know, I have two dogs, so I go ahead and take care of them. Um, if it's not too hot out yet, like which is why I honestly still like waking up early, even on the days that I don't work, I try to go ahead and take them for just like a short little walk because um, I took Mia to the vet about a couple months ago and little mama has to lose some weight. She's um, got about five pounds to lose. Apparently she's supposed to be within that 18 to 20 pound range. Big girls weighing in at about 25. So we are working on it. Okay, don't come for my dog. Um, but so I try to take them on just like a short little walk. That way, you know, they're moving, I'm moving. And then if it's, but if it's too hot, I'll just like let them outside and then go ahead and fill up their like water and their food and everything so that they can be set and situated whenever they come back in. Set and situated. I like that one. Hmm. And then after that, I'll come back into my room and I have like a little morning lineup per se. Um, so I do what's called a five minute journal, which I actually um, got the idea from my brother's girlfriend because she's been doing it for a really long time now. Um, it's literally a book. You can buy it off of like Amazon or directly off the website. I don't, to, in my opinion, it takes less than five minutes, but it has like a cute little quote or affirmation at the top. Then it brings you through three things that you're grateful for, three things that you want to accomplish that day. And then at the bottom, it says like an affirmation, like you, you are to write your own affirmation. So a lot of, you know, I'm not going to like take you through my mental space and tell you my affirmations I'm that I tell myself. <laughs> um, so I do that. Then I do this thing called morning pages, which I got the idea from the skinny confidential a couple of years ago. So I'll just write down in my like little journal that I have just a few pages of literally whatever I'm thinking. Like it could be the most stupidest thing. It could be a to-do list. It can be how I'm feeling. I always just like take time to do that. And then for Christmas last year, my older brother got me and my dad a copy of the Daily Stoic, which I know has been pretty popular, you know, the past couple of years. It's all about stoicism. Um, and so I read that I try to apply it to my life. Sometimes I have a difficult time getting into it. But then after that, I know this is like, this is actually kind of a lot now that I'm thinking about it. But um, well, to be fair, I really only get to do this, like, I don't do this seven days a week <laughs> by any means. I'm not like waking up 
and doing this immediately every single day. Like this is a few right. times a week thing right. whenever I'm not working. So after that, I'll go onto my front porch with more water and I'll read for a little bit. So the books I'm currently reading is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. 11 out of 10 recommend. It's so good. We posted it on our Instagram feed. Everybody needs to read this book. It, I thought that it was going to be just another like self-help, like girls can do anything type of book. And like life is hard, but you just have to push through. And it is not that at all. Then I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing, which has came highly recommended to me by like a million different people. It's in both of these books actually are New York Times bestsellers. And then my last one is this book all about birth control, which like if you're like not a girl and you're listening to this, go ahead and skip like 30 seconds. But I'm really learning um, about birth control and the things that it can do to our bodies and it's, you know, it's not a for or against book. It's really just to like educate you on what birth control does to our bodies. And if you're like trying to get off birth control or if that's like the route that you're wanting to take, like what you should be doing. So I'm not very far into it. So I definitely don't want to like give my opinions or say anything, but it's definitely been very informative to me to learn like everything that birth control does to the female body. And then after that, I'll try to do like some sort of stretching slash yoga video. This is very minimal. This is literally like 10 to 15 minutes max, but I am not flexible at all. That YouTube has been my best friend because I'll literally just type in like 10 minute yoga or 10 minute like yoga stretch for beginners. Big highlight. Yes. For beginners in all for caps. For beginners in all caps. Yes, ma'am. Then after that, I will work on the podcast for a little bit. So I'll answer emails like from people who, you know, want to come on or if it's us, us reaching out to other people, I'll reply to comments on the Instagram and the Facebook page and then go through the DMs. We're a part of a few engagement groups, which has been like really cool to connect with other like women who are podcasting. And then I'll always make sure that whatever post Brendy and I have come up with for that day, whether it be on the Instagram or the Facebook, I will make sure that it's like all set to go with like hashtags, you know, the tags and the location and all that kind of stuff. And then really after that, like that's like my quote unquote morning routine. I'll clean up my room. There's always dog hair around because my dog shed like crazy. And then I'll really just like relax after that for a little bit because I do work four to five days a week and I'm on my feet literally for eight hours at a time. And I have to be there most days at four o'clock in the morning. So I do recognize and understand that I can't always be a go, go, go machine, which I feel like I've definitely understood more so than ever during this quarantine, to be perfectly honest. So my schedule is not nearly as intense. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I just spent the last like five minutes being like, boom, boom, boom. But I mean, they did, they have, they do say like, you know, in this quarantine time, like it is as it's, it is good to ca carry on with your normal routine as much as you can, because like that does still help you. So whether you're someone like Shannon, where you like to have more structure or you're someone like me who doesn't have as much structure, like hopefully these tips help you give you some ideas of things to do that will help you like get through this time. So for me, I wake up at about 8.30 or 9. It depends. I've trying, I've been trying actually to start waking up a little bit earlier just because like 
when you wake up earlier, you have more time in the day to do things and get things done. So that's what I've been trying to do. Um, Sometimes I'll have a coffee. Sometimes I won't. Lately, I've really been on an iced chai latte with almond milk kind of vibe. Like for the past two weeks, I don't know what it was like, because usually I get like an iced caramel macchiato with almond milk, but lately I've just really been on the iced chai vibe. So sometimes I'll go like up to the local place, the jumping bean to get that. Sometimes I'll go to Starbucks. I actually tried a black owned coffee place in Greensboro the other day. It's called Cafe at Revolution. It's um, in Revolution Mills. And if you're in the area and want to stop by, it was really good. But I, I want to learn like how to make them at home. So I think I'm going to try to like get some of the ingredients this week so I can just like start making it at home and not have to go out and spend that money like every single day because I'm obsessed with them. So I'll do that. And then so for my internship, I'm usually doing like about 20 hours a week with that. Um, And it's completely remote. Like I'll have like video calls, like different things like that. And Mondays, like at the beginning of the week, we typically have two calls. So I'll have one at 10 a.m. and then one at 11.30. So I'll kind of just, you know, get up, might make some breakfast or just have a coffee or a snack. I'm not like a huge breakfast person. Like, I don't know. I like making breakfast. Like sometimes I'll just have like oatmeal or avocado toast. Sorry, that's basic, but I mean, it's good. It just kind (laughs) of depends on like my mood, whatever whatever I'm going to have. So I'll have that and then have my meetings. And then I'll usually after my second meeting, I'll just like grind out some work for like another hour, hour and a half, two hours um, just to get some more stuff done. You know, just basically if you haven't listen to an episode before I'm doing an internship with the Isabella Santos Foundation which um, does or helps to fund research um, and treatment options for rare pediatric cancer um, so I'll like look up some people that we can reach out to for sponsors um, check in with my team um, do whatever we're focusing on that week for the for the challenge because we have like different weekly challenges um, so yeah I'll just do some things like that. And then once I start getting hungry, because, you know, usually skip breakfast, (laughs) that's usually like around 12-ish. And yeah, so that's pretty much all I do for like the morning part because, I mean – I really just work and have coffee. That's that's pretty much it. I really could have just summed that up in two sentences. But yeah, work and coffee is pretty much what I do for the mornings. Well, speaking of coffee, um, I – I don't drink it every single day because as I shared before, I am allergic to, well, I don't want to say I'm allergic, allergic. I'm sensitive to, that's what the Everly Wells test had shown up, but I still do drink. We've talked about them before. It's called Healthy Bean. It's from our guest on episode, trying to think. 12-ish? Whatever episode Abby was on, she is a part of this amazing company, Healthy Bean, and we've talked about them a bunch before. I That's my go-to for coffee because you can make it hot or iced, which obviously I'm definitely more of an iced gal. And, you know, Brandy has tried it before too and likes it. We love it because it's low acidic, which is really good for people, especially if you have digestive issues like me. So if you want to hop on the healthy bean train like we have, use the code AVGBS15 for 15% off of your checkout, total, cart, whatever you want to call it. Um, So yeah, I definitely just wanted to plug that in there because we love them. We love supporting a small but growing business. And then we also loved having Abby on. So we want to support her, of course, as well. So moving on 
to our afternoon routine. Honestly, I would say that my mornings are a lot more structured than the rest of my day, just because I'm a firm believer that if you start the morning off right, that you know, the rest of the day will kind of follow. So I've been working out between 12 and one every single day. I used to be, especially whenever school was in session, I was waking up at like five, six, seven a.m. getting to the gym. And obviously that has come to a halt because gyms are still closed as they should be. So I've been working at home, working out at home. And I've been doing a variety of different workouts, which has been really nice during all of this to have like the access to internet to be able to kind of plug in and try different workouts that I haven't before. So I've been switching up between Beachbody, which has like kind of been hailed as the Netflix of working out because there's hundreds of different programs. I really only follow the working out portion of it. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you should do whatever feels right for your body. So if that means following, you know, their nutrition guys, that's awesome for you, but definitely like consult your doctor if you're thinking about getting into stuff like that. Um, but in terms of working out, I think that moving your body is better than not moving at all. So at the end of the day, take what we have to say with a grain of salt because you don't have to pay for workouts. You don't, you don't have to do that by any means. Literally you walking around your neighborhood is, is good in itself. And you know, if you're able to, you don't even have to have weights. You can literally pick up something heavy in your home. So don't think that you have to go out and spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars on programs, on weights. You can literally do, you, you would be amazed at what you could do with like a thing of laundry detergent been switching in between the beach body. Sorry, I just like went on, off on like a little tangent because I feel like during all of this, a lot of people have been like spending hundreds of dollars on these workout things, which I really personally, I don't find necessary. Um, so going off of that beach body workouts, I've been switching it up between a few of their different programs, 21 day fix, 80 day, and then this actual new one that just, well, I don't even know if it's even fully launched yet, but um, it's called Muscle Burns Fat. And I really think that that is going to work well for me because it incorporates a lot of the things that I was doing inside of the gym, like with like HIIT and then weight training as well. And then my friend Amanda got me hooked on Melissa Wood Health, which is she's very, very big on Instagram. So, and she also has her own workout um, guide that you can pay for. And so she does a lot of Pilates, yoga, which has been really nice because I definitely feel like I'm the type of person where I need that in my life. I need to like center and calm myself. And then after that, I will ride my bike because as I've shared before on the podcast, I am training. Let's put that word loosely, not like out here, like full on seven days a week, but um, I am training to ride a century, which is riding 100 miles. So for my birthday, I got um, a really nice bike. And so I've been trying to utilize that as much as I can. So I'll ride for about an hour to see how far I can go. And then after that, so I really haven't ate at all during this time. I do intermittent fasting about five days a week where I really won't start eating until about 12 or so. It's it's really nice for somebody like me who has a lot of digestive issues. Like I said, if this is something you're considering, I'm not a health expert. So literally don't take anything that I have to say seriously. If that's something that you want to do, I would say, once again, talk to your doctor, talk to your nutritionist, talk to your dietitian. I'm happy to share my experience, but that's what it is. It's my experience. And I don't want that to be, you know, emulated into your life by me saying like, oh, it works for me. So it's going to work for you. Absolutely. But 
that has been really transformative for me. So I'll start eating around 12. Um, and then I will shower, you know, of course that's essential. And then I start my office hours for my internship with girls on the run in the afternoon, which has been really, really nice. So I'll, I'll do all of that work in the afternoon leg of the day, which has been nice because I don't have to wake up right at eight o'clock on the dot to, you know, start and then go, go, go. So I'll work on different projects. And then I have a call once a week with my internship coordinator. I'll check in on the social media feeds. And then I'm also working on just what girls on the run will look like if it is going to be virtual this fall, which obviously more than likely it will be. So Stay tuned for that update because I've been really enjoying learning more about how this organization is going to take a fully in-person program and completely transform it to make sure that their girls still have access to it. So for my afternoons, um, I usually eat lunch like pretty early, I would say, because I don't eat a lot for breakfast and sometimes I don't really eat breakfast, Um, but it just really depends. Um, So Sometimes I'll like do yoga before lunch. Sometimes I'll do it after. Like it really just depends on the kind of day I'm having and like how much work I have to get done for that day. But I really like doing yoga with Cassandra. It's very great for beginners. Um, yoga with Adrian's really good too. So I would check them both out um, and we can link them below if you're interested. But it's just really nice. It's a nice routine to kind of get into. I'm trying to get back into it. But yeah, I, I really enjoy doing it. And then for lunch, I typically make something for myself and my sister. Every almost every time I cook something, she- you're so sweet. You are so sweet because I didn't. Girl, no, no, I'm not sweet. <laughs> Let me tell you what happens. I'll basically like leave our room and go downstairs, and she'll be like, "Are you are you about to take lunch? Like, where do you have your lunch?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like, I'm gonna fix something when I get down there." And she's like, "Oh well, like, can you make me some? Like, I want what you're having. Like, it literally doesn't matter what I make." And she'll be like, "Can you make me some? Like, I don't care what it is. Like, I want what you're having because I can cook a lot better than her. No offense. She's in my apprenticeship program. Not apprenticeship with your own sister." But for lunch, I'll typically make vodka pasta just because I love pasta. It's really easy to make. I'll leave the recipe down below, and it's really good. So I'll usually make that for lunch. And then after lunch, I will usually, like, clean up the kitchen a little bit, might clean up our room, just straighten up the house a little bit because I don't like when things are disorganized and messy because it stresses me out. Um, So I'll do that, and then I'll usually relax for a little bit depending on how much work I get done in the morning. So, like, if I get, like, two hours of work done, then I'll take a little break and then do, like, two more hours of work in the afternoon. Um, But if I'm – I try to, like, break it up. So after lunch, I'll, like, relax for a little bit. Might read some of my book. I'm reading The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Go buy it. Um, I might watch some TikToks for a little bit. And then after I do that for a while, I'll, like, go back upstairs and get, like, another hour or two of work done. Um. Whenever you said that you were making vodka pasta, I definitely thought that you were about to be like vodka soda. And I was like, wow, we just start early in the Blue and household. I'm screaming. Yeah. Yeah. I fix vodka sodas for me and my underage sister. Like, that's what we love to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, I'm. I'm just trying to imagine you like being like, okay, on today's episode of Baking with Brendy, you pour three things of Cheetos and then you just pour an entire thing of soda, seltzer water into your thing. <laughs> I'm weak, but yes, speaking of Baking with Brendy, I will definitely do a uh, cooking with Brendy. I don't know. We can still call it Baking with Brendy. Um, if you guys want to see the recipe that I use for that, because it's really easy and it's really good. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we know that I'm not going to get on the Instagram feed and do anything with cooking related because I can't cook, which I need to learn how to, I recognize, but you know, that will come. There will be a time for that. I'll sign up for cooking classes or something. So moving on to the evening portion of our day after personally, I'm done like with my internship and whatnot. And I've made sure that, you know, my room is clean, organized, whole nine yards. I will usually like nine times out of 10 be eating dinner with my parents. I'm obviously lucky that we sit down every evening for a family dinner. That's something that's always been a part of like my family. It's like, no matter what's going on, we're sitting down at the dinner table and we're going to eat dinner together. So I, I honestly, I'm if anything out of, I mean, I'm thankful and grateful for a lot of like my childhood and like my family. But I think for me, sitting down with your family, if you have a good relationship with them, obviously that can be complicated for a lot of people. But sitting down with my family at the end of the day, just to like hear how my mom's like work day went or I don't know, hear whatever thing my dad wants to talk about. It's, it's always nice. And then especially now that my sister is home, like we'll sit down together. Um, so eat dinner with my parents and my family, talk about our day, all that kind of stuff. And then a lot of times in the evenings, whether I was working at Sprouts in the morning or I had the day off, I've been walking with an old friend that I've actually been able to reconnect with. So I'm lucky enough that she lives literally like two seconds from my house. So we've been walking around the neighborhood, which is something that we we did a lot in high school together. That was our thing. So we, you know, walk, talk, catch up. And it, it's just really nice kind of at the end of the day to have that well, number one, move your body after dinner, because I'm somebody if I feel super full, and I try to go to bed, I typically don't sleep very well. Um, and then also to to just have somebody to like, talk to just how you know, same thing with Brendy and I just like chit chat, shoot the shit over FaceTime. That's basically this just in exercise for that's really my evening. There's really no like, fancy skincare routine or anything, you know, I'll wash, wash the face and brush the teeth. With, you know, same thing with Brendy. I'll like watch TikTok or I'll watch TV or anything of that sort before I try to go to bed at a decent time. So speaking of skincare, um, if you guys watch our Instagram story last week, and I think it's saved as a highlight, but Shannon did an unboxing for Causebox, which is similar to like FabFitFun or like just a subscription box that you get. But this company has a focus on sustainable and ethical products. So did you want to talk about the some of the stuff you got in there? Because that kind of relates to skincare. And then you also like influenced me to like also buy one of the smaller boxes. <laughs> oh, yes, that actually is good. I will say too that like I go through waves where I am really into skincare and then other times where I'm like, I'll just wash my face with, you know, my regular cleanser. But in my cause box, which I 10 out of 10 recommend to anybody looking to, you know, if you have that disposable income and you want to treat yourself or even in the stories, I said the same thing too. This is definitely something that you could buy as a gift to somebody. It's 200 bucks for the year and you get four boxes seasonally. And then they also, which I didn't even realize before this, but they do mini boxes like Brendy purchased. So you pay 200 bucks for the year, you get four boxes. And in this last box, I actually got a P is it PMD mm -hmm. right yeah okay PMD facial cleanse brush and I've been realizing over the past couple of months as I've gotten onto Instagram and even just talking with my friends that washing your face with your hands can actually do more harm than it is good because we carry a lot of germs on our hands because we're touching things like throughout the day 
So this thing is basically, it's literally like a brush. It's like a, it's silicone Mm -hmm. and you put your cleanser onto it and you wash your face that way. I haven't even had this thing for a week and I already noticed a difference in the texture of my skin. So I definitely would say that if you are, you know, someone who's, whether you're into skincare or not, I definitely think that obviously everybody should be washing their face, but this product I would recommend because I've already noticed a difference. It's from a reputable company. Um, So yeah. And Brendy bought the mini box which will come with it too which she's very excited about because she was at my house and she was like yeah I definitely need this in my life yeah and I thought it was so cool that they did like the mini boxes so I think it's basically like instead of because you get like 10 products I think this one comes Mm -hmm. with like five so I get like the specialty item which is the skincare brush like Shannon said and then a couple other items and then two surprise things so when I get my box I can do an unboxing as well in case you guys want to see like what the mini boxes look like and what you kind of get for that price Um, So as soon as that comes in, I will have it on the Insta story. But I'm so excited to get my brush. My sister ordered one too after I told her about it because she's been like in the market for a new cleansing brush. So it was just all perfect timing. And I'm really excited to get it. Everyone's hopping on the Cosbox wave. So Cosbox, if you, you know, want to sponsor your girls, definitely, definitely, we are open, open and ready. Okay. We are open and ready for you to sponsor us because we love you. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So my evenings are like Shannon's, you know, pretty much trying to unwind. Um, But since I am like the oldest in my family, I feel like I definitely have a little more responsibilities than my other siblings do. Um, So sometimes my mom does kind of count on me and my sister to cook and prepare dinner, help her out with dinner sometimes. Um, And, you know, we kind of switch it up sometimes. I do have like a few new recipes that I've been trying over quarantine, which has been fun. So I've made like a chicken tikka masala over quarantine. I'm trying a new honey lemon chicken recipe tonight that I'm excited for. So I just like to switch it up sometimes. So it's not the same old things, but yeah, I'll sometimes I cook dinner for the, I usually cook dinner like once or twice a week. Um, so I'll do that or I might just help my mom with dinner if she needs help. Um, if I have like any last minute things for my internship that I like didn't get done, I might write those down or just write down some things that I want to do for the next day so I don't forget. Um, and then also for like an after dinner kind of vibe, I've been watching the show, binge watching the show with my brother, Braden. He's the one that's going to Charlotte with me and it's called 60 Days In. It's on A&E and I'm literally obsessed with the show because basically how it happened. So we have this room in our house called the media room and it's where I do like a lot of my work, like my laptop pretty much stays in here, but we also have like a good TV in here. So I think I, he was in here watching TV and I had come in here to like send an email or something on my laptop and like I was, you know, like I like kept turning to like look the TV because like I could just tell it was interesting, like from the sound. And so I finally asked him, I was like, wait, what show is this? And he's told me 60 days in. If you've never heard of it, basically the premise is they send in seven random people, like no, no one with a criminal background, just like random people like Shannon and I like could sign up for this show. And they're basically I'm not. <laughs> I won't be either. Um, they're basically in this jail for 60 days and they're kind of there to expose anything that's wrong with the prison. Like, and so it's really valuable for them to kind of go undercover and see like all these issues and then report back. But you know, some people might be suspicious of them. Like, are you 60 days in? Some people don't make it that long just because being in jail is like not a fun experience. And like, you only catch a glimpse of it on TV. So binge watching it. The show's on the sixth season and Brayden told me I need to go back and watch the other one. So I'm definitely going to do that soon but yeah we're on season six right now it's super interesting that 
and this season they're at Etowah County Jail in Alabama. And it's been, it's just been so fascinating to watch too. Like this, I love reality TV and prison reality shows just like hit differently. Like they're so good. So if you need something new to watch, definitely check out 60 Days In. Sometimes I might make a dessert. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on the mood, but I usually make like, might make cookies or brownies or something like that. And then if I have like any additional homework, I'll do that. My class only meets every other week. So I usually don't have that much homework to do. Um, I'll work on anything for the podcast that Shannon tells me. Um, Cause Shannon's the main one who like is doing our social media in case you guys didn't know. Like, I don't want you guys to think like, oh, I don't do anything for the podcast. Cause that's not true. But we just kind of break up the responsibilities differently. Um, so Shannon's the main one who's like actually posting the Instagram and like the coming up with the captions and like the hashtags and things. And we'll kind of just talk beforehand about what we want the week to look like, any ideas for posts captions things like that um so yeah and that's pretty much my evenings kind of a chill vibe you know just watching some 60 days in might be eating some cookies and that's pretty much it yes for sure a collaborative effort we we definitely like to play on each other's strengths to be perfectly honest we could even really do i mean we answered this in a qa q a before but i feel like it would might be fun to do a mini episode on how to like work with your best friend or how you know what i mean like i think that would be inter- interesting to some people let us know because it's definitely like it takes a lot of communication but i think one thing that works really well for us is that we definitely like to capitalize off each other's strengths um and so obviously we break up the task accordingly so that's a wrap on our quarantine routine i really liked that kind of episode vibe title yes but, um that that's all to say that this episode really isn't meant for us to push a routine onto you. Like your day looks how it looks like. A lot of people have a corporate nine to five job that they're either now going back to or they're figuring out how to work from home essentially. So we just wanted to kind of share with you from um, a graduate student, an internship perspective, and then two people still living with their family members. Like Brandy mm-hmm. said, she cooks dinner for her family one to two times a week. That definitely does not happen in this household. My mom's going to listen to this podcast and be like, wow, can we train? Can you guys <laughs> do it? And then can Brandy come here? Um, but just to bring you kind of through a day in our life per se, but if what's working for you is working for you, then by all means, you know, go for it. I would say that my like number one tangible takeaway tip from this episode is that just really move your body in some capacity, whether that be walking, yoga, or finding a workout program to stick to. Because I think that time and time again, whenever I think of the things that help me a lot in terms of mental health, working out and moving my body has always been at the top of the list for me. Do you have a tangible takeaway from this episode in terms of a routine? I would say the same thing, honestly. I've been trying to get back into yoga for a while. And honestly, like every time after I do it, I just feel so much better because my body just feels like so stretched. And especially because a lot of us are often just sitting on like our phones, our laptops, doing work all day long. And you don't realize how much of a toll that takes on your body. So definitely try to get out and move around. All right, that is a wrap on today's episode. We brought you through conspiracy theories, the potential of TikTok being banned, and then our quarantine routine. So we really hope that you all love this episode. Like we mentioned in the very beginning, it would mean a lot to us if you followed us on social media, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and then leave us a review if you're able to. And Brandy, do you have anything else to add for today? Nope, that's it. All right, you all. Well, until next Monday, that's That's the BS. BS.